If you've watched a Donald Trump rally recently, you may have heard the president talk about some of the nation's biggest issues. And did you hear the news? Bruce Orr is finally out of the Department of Justice. Bruce Orr. Well, actually, you're more likely to hear about the issues close to President Trump's heart, such as Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act of 1996. Don't forget, big tech got something years ago that let them become big tech. They got total protection. They don't get sued. They don't get anything. They're totally protected. So the government gave that. So that takes away that little feeling that, oh, gee, we can't talk to them about freedom of the press, etc. No, we're going to take away their Section 230 unless they shape up. Jane Kostin, you cover conservative politics for Vox.com. And you recently wrote about how the Trump campaign is extremely online. What exactly do you mean by that? Extremely online is an understanding of the events that are taking place on a social media platform or on the internet, a debate that's happening on the internet, as being either equally important to or more important to events that are happening not online. So I'll give you an example. Right now, there is a host of debate about Section 230, the Communications Decency Act, And what that means for Twitter and Facebook and Instagram or any of these uh, social media companies or platforms. That is an interesting and fascinating argument that is important for speech and important for how we operate with these platforms. It is not the most salient issue, even for conservatives, even for people who support President Trump. Trump will repeatedly tweet something like repeal Section 230, which requires, one, knowing what Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act is, but also an understanding as if that that is an important election issue in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of an economic crisis. And the idea of being extremely online is an understanding that tweets are indeed praxis, that the politics of Twitter or the politics that take place on Twitter are the equivalent or more important than the politics that take place elsewhere. Mm. I've been trying to back up a little bit on this conversation because I think there's a lot of reporting on Trump's tweets and Trump's tweets generate a lot of conversation generally on Twitter. But now we're in this interesting scenario in which Trump's understanding of the American populace seems to be generated largely from Twitter where he believes that something that he sees trending on Twitter or not trending on Twitter is equivalent to its relative importance in world events. And I guess we saw this most recently with the story that we talked about on the show with Hunter Biden and the New York Post. And the story didn't really seem to have the impact that the Trump campaign wanted to. And you wonder if it's because it's unclear what Trump is talking about unless you already are extremely online. Right. And the idea that everyone is extremely online, that everyone is paying as much attention to this story as Trump is Mm. or as, say, extremely online conservatives are. You know, we've had four or five years of hearing that the issue with the American left is that they were too focused on Twitter and disconnected from the American populace in general. Right, right. And I think the the understanding that the left is in some ways too tied to the quote unquote Twitter echo chamber and not tied enough to the real concerns of the American populace is a little bit disproven by a host of 
conservatives essentially arguing that Americans are deeply interested in the goings on of the Communications Decency Act of 1996. I'm guessing lots of conservatives or Trump supporters are not crazy about this. Right. And it's interesting also because it contradicts something that came up during impeachment. Uh, There's a writer at The Hill newspaper who argued in March 2019 that voters want to hear less about Trump and Russia and more about things mm. that impact our lives, healthcare, the economy, and what the numbers mean in terms of my family's financial situation. And yet in 2020, the conservative movement writ large under Trump has decided that, screw that, we're going to talk a lot about Hunter Biden and Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act. I mean, to some extent, doesn't that mean that, you know, this is a more base-focused campaign? I mean, that it fits into a broader strategy here, right? Somewhat, but it's an understanding of what the base looks like, that the base cares about this. The base is as online as Donald Trump is, which I don't think is necessarily true. We've heard again and again that about 2% of users generate about 90% of Twitter's content, and most people aren't on Twitter, and most people don't use Twitter often if they do use Twitter. And so it's fascinating to see a understanding of one's political base that is entirely tethered to a platform most of the people do not use. Jane Coaston covers conservative politics for Vox.com. Jane, thanks so much. Thank you so much. <laughs> 